that's fine. Hey, hey, we should do an intro. No, we shouldn't. How will they know we're the theater boys? They'll just know, okay? This is how it's, we're live, guys. We're going. We're, we're live here in studio. Hopefully a little better audio quality for everyone. Yeah, we, we spent a lot of time doing some technical stuff before. A lot of time, so, a lot of money, a lot of effort. Yeah, we won't bother you with the details, but here we are. And we are going to be talking about one of my personal favorite movies, and I think yours as well. Yes, it's a great movie. You might know it by... Well, if they're, if they're listening to us, they've already... They they know what movie it is by the title. Oh, sure. you're right. You'll see the title yeah. image. So we won't know. we won't drag that out. Rogue It'll one. look adorable. We're talking about Rogue One. I think, I think the best Star Wars movie, dare I say, Empire Strikes Back is pretty good. Empire Strikes Back and Episode Three for me are the best Star Wars movies. Besides this one, I will put this in my top three. Yeah, no, it's definitely top three worthy. I'm not gonna rank all of them like we did the Marvel movies. That would be a much shorter list. <laughs> but like it would just be like episode one at the bottom and the rest are all fighting for the top wrong episodes seven eight and nine are at the bottom and episode one can go above them i totally forgot that those were part of the franchise so that's that's why yeah. i kind of blacked out that those movies existed so did the rest of the world and mark hamill yes so we are um we are talking about one of our favorite movies today star wars rogue one um this is everything right with, I guess I'll call it, like, the spin-off genres, where they'll just mm. grab some IP, run with it, and um, make something. And I, I think it's it's what everything should have aspired to be. It's what I would have loved to see from the forgotten Star Wars trilogy. Mm. Um, and I, I just honestly really love this movie. And out of all of the movies that I watch, this is one that I watch, re-watch with some frequency. Uh, not always intently, but definitely like it's on in the background while I'm doing stuff, or you know, if it's if it's like, oh, you haven't seen this movie before, I make sure to share this movie with people. And I think for me, it's it's one movie that really continued the Star Wars genre from the books, from what I remember from reading from the old Legends books uh, that they decanonized. This felt more akin to to those coming as like a. Uh, more avid Star Wars friend from my youth, uh, coming back and re- and visiting this movie felt so memorable into those stories, how they were gritty, they were down to earth, they were personal. You had real characters that you connected to, unlike 7, 8, 9, which felt like Disney movies, which they were. Yeah, but they were like Disney movies in the worst way. Like, so this movie, I think, I've always said, it puts the war in Star Wars, right? Like, you know, it's Star Wars. It's about war that happens in space amongst the stars. And this one definitely hits it home. It's definitely, I mean, it's a more gritty movie. Just Absolutely. the the colors for it. The If I remember correctly, the opening scene is, uh, oh, man, what's the guy's name? He's getting his own show now. Andor. Andor. Yeah, like shooting a spy that he's afraid is going to blow his cover. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's not a not a pleasant film uh from like a happy-go-lucky skipping through the flowers field um standpoint although it has a very bright ending wink wink nudge nudge um <laughs> i guess so did episode four <laughs> and episode six had a very bright end <laughs> very bright lots of light um but it, it, 
to me is just it's what I like really wanted the the trilogy to be. I thought this is what we we're going to be getting from the new Star Wars stuff, and we and we didn't. And we're gonna take it right to the very beginning. Um, we kind of like we have some clips we're gonna watch. I know you guys can't see them. We'll stop recording, start recording. However, we're gonna do that, or just we'll reference them and talk about them. But uh, at first, it's just like the intro scene with the character. Um, you find out so much about her right off the rip before like she's introduced. There's no monologue. There's no like you know this person does this and this and this and we're going to find her it's just nope she's in a prison transport which very clearly shows she's not friendly with the emperor or empire and like likes to get into trouble so like we already got that about her and then she gets rescued by i think the best star wars droid in the last 20 years i think i can say that indefinitely true true and because we're remembering this the actual first scene was uh, the Imperials visiting her dad on the farm. Oh, that's right. You're welcome. That's right. I just want to be movie accurate, not to not to move. You know, I mean the first the first scene with like her as we know her in the yes, movie. her as we know her uh, is on the prison barge. Uh, but to me, that first intro scene where we're introduced to her father, where we're first introduced to the Imperial characters, is very intimidating for me anyway. Uh, you get to see all your villains in one place, your death troopers all in one place, and they're like, oh, we don't mind killing your mom uh, and taking the father and then hopefully killing the daughter later on. Because that was their aim. They wanted to kill the daughter. Did they bring the death troopers into the new series? Yes, they're canon. But no, no, they're no. not, but they're not, there's not 7, 8, 9 canon. They're, yeah. they're still 4, 5, and 6 canon. I was going to say, like, like 7, 8, 9, like, there, there weren't stormtroopers that were that accurate, so they couldn't have been. No, they had Sith troopers. It was different. Um, it was weird. Yeah, so Jin Jin Urso? Yes, Urso. I always say the name wrong. So the Urso family. I mean, that's the other thing, too. Like, I feel like Star Wars, at their core, they're almost always family films. And even this one, like, they kind of got that. Like, the whole yeah, family like, there's, dramas. There's, like, sure. a dynamic between either the mother or the father, and there's some stuff going on that the kids got to sort out. It's just, like, you know, Anakin with his mom, and, and, and like, you know, and then Luke with his dad. And if you don't know what that is, I don't know how to help you. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, Hans, <laughs> Hans an orphan. <laughs> Tears. Uh, but yeah, so the, um, like, I think it captured the fact that it was a Star Wars movie. I think it took place in the universe really well. I think it expanded upon the universe in a really good way. Um, the only other thing that I think kind of did it in this way would be some of the, um, uh, Mandalorian episodes, I felt like felt a little Rogue One-y, but they were more fun though. Than they yeah, were Mandalorian definitely captures very similar parts of this. I think Solo as well ca captures a lot of similar parts because I think how they were going about them then was different. Like the spinoff movies, I I felt in my mind Solo and Rogue One related so much more to each other than any of the other Star Wars content. Well, this one, I mean, at the same time. I really think this one they under, understood the assignment, where it was just like, you need to make a self-contained spin-off of a story that already exists without affecting that story. How do you do that? We end with everyone dying. There are, there's, there's no question if do Ray or not Ray, if Jin is going to show up next to Ray on the screen. This is not happening. Yeah. She's dead. Like, there's no, what is this person doing while Luke and Leia are fighting for their lives? They're, they're, they're gone. Yeah. Um... And it also did a really good job of, like, building up these characters. And I feel like you feel for the characters at the end of it, by the end of it. 
because you're there with their struggles. You're there with like as they meet people that she cares about. Um, well, even even aside from that, you're you're getting to see oppressed people, which I think most people want to relate to. Not necessarily that they can in in a Western world context, but everyone wants to relate to oppressed uh, people under an empire regime. Like everyone wants to see themselves as that. So when you're getting introduced to the uh, the blind Jedi, uh, the resistance, like everyone wants to be the underdog of the story, and no one wants to be the Empire, which I think lends to itself being a, I don't know, a relatable life story. Pretty good at Coruscant. I'm just gonna until they blew it up, just yeah. seemed okay. And that casino planet, everybody. Uh, well, that that doesn't exist. That's, <laughs> that's, they were like, we need to go to Coruscant. Wait, we blew it up. Ah. Okay, we're gonna go to a planet just like Coruscant. Um, but yeah, no, they like even like in it, like the characters. I felt like nothing was really wasted on them. Like Sagar Era's character, I guess he shows up in the Clone Wars, right? Yeah, he's in the Clone Wars. So I, I haven't seen a lot of the Clone Wars. Um, I know that they exist. I knew after I'd seen the movie a couple times that he shows up in the Clone Wars. But like his character, his his mere his his costume told a story about him. He's like missing limbs half put together this guy has clearly been shot blasted blown up time and time and time and time yeah. again um and is is like the guy that the empire just can't seem to get rid of and i thought that was just kind of really cool because it's again it's not a i'm sure they narrated like he's the commander of yada 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 whatever this guy's gonna be in charge uh, and like she was looking for him but like you can tell that this guy's a badass without having to be told that he's a badass yeah and, and it's interesting because how they introduce him in the Clone Wars, he's first, I believe, fighting against the clones, which is uh, funny at, at the time because, like, when you're first introduced to Episode 1, you're like, oh, the Empire is obviously spawning from the Trade Federation. Mm-hmm. And then you get to it later on, and you're like, oh, crap, it's not. We were all duped. We were all fooled. Supreme Chancellor has all power. Uh, and it's really interesting to see that dynamic of like who's good, who's bad, who's in these gray areas that are just trying to weave their way through and make their worlds a little bit better. Um, yeah, and I thought like even the way he went out, where he kind of just like accepts his fate at the end, was still like that that like ten twenty ten minutes with him maybe. Yeah, uh, was like a story in and of itself, where mm-hmm. like they developed a character, made you feel about him, and then killed him off, and mm-hmm. like. That's what I think this this movie did really really well. Uh, like, cause you, you genuinely feel for Jin by the end of it. You want her to succeed. You want her to get all this stuff, and then you find out that her dad's alive, and that's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the fighter scene on that planet was just awesome. Amazing, yeah. Um, Very inventive too, from what Star Wars usually does. Well, it was still a trench run. Well, still a trench run. But, uh, <laughs> well, I, I was thinking of how the the x-wings were engaging in ground combat mm. which was you you didn't really see a whole lot of starfighter to ground you saw in hoth you saw the little uh, speeders uh yeah. against them but you never would see an x-wing taking on an at mean, they really they kind of brought it all together like yeah. again they brought the war to star wars like this is like realistically how would things be done it would be done this way we would warp a bunch of fighters over there bomb the crap out of it and then warp them back before anyone knew where we were um and right, like when you're when you're the the guerrilla uh, entity, when you're the 
insurgency like that's how you have to operate like that like you just have to pop up do your thing and then leave because there are way more of your adversary than there are of you and uh you need to make every hit count so Mm -hmm. i thought that was that was pretty good um and it kind of just like it also like leads into the politics of like before there was rebellion like what what how was everybody feeling about the empire it wasn't really good it's kind of like hey we got this guy he's he's in charge now he doesn't really seem to age he killed all of our flashlight sword friends and uh and uh what 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 are we gonna do about it huh we gotta we gotta do something and some people are like actually i'm kind of not want to be with this which i feel like if they were to expand on there would be some backstabbing and stuff but again they, they leave no room for expanding on the existing star wars universe because this movie literally rolls into episode four like it just yeah it's just literally start and end I think I actually, uh, when I rewatched it with my wife, like we watched Rogue One and then we watched episode four the next week and it's just boom, boom. And like, that was the first time I'd actually watched them in order like that. And it was like, wow, this transition is actually like really good. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of really sets up where they were. Also, though I gave up watching Obi-Wan, um, it has the best, best Darth Vadering that I think will ever Darth Vader. Yeah, I think your your best Darth Vader scene is in this movie for sure. But also just your best Darth Vader character is in this movie as a whole. Yeah. Because he's intimidating. He's your villain. He's he's Darth Vader before we knew a, really much about Emperor Palpatine. Yes. Like, because in, in episode four, you didn't really know there was another big bad. Yeah, it was just Darth Vader. You knew there was a Chancellor, but you you thought Darth Vader was, like, the worst of the worst. And then you're introduced to Palpatine in Episode Five, I believe, and you're like, oh, wait, there's another big baddie. But wait, this just... more. Just focusing on Darth Vader in this, giving it one villain, but one force user villain, I'll say, one Sith, their own area to, to be themselves is really good because they're not vying to be the worst person on screen from from a star wars lore standpoint too the fact that there wasn't a jedi in this like made sense like it makes sense the movies that we watch have jedi in them because they are uh uh yeah we have blind man was jedi and uh the code he, he's not a jedi he's a force sensitive fine i don't know if that makes him a jedi or not in no, my mind he could have been a jedi but he's not and also he's not the main character and he doesn't have a lightsaber because all the flashlight sword people are dead. They're not, Fine. but they are. Fine. But uh, like, flashlight it was nice sword. not having somebody who could just be like, "I'm gonna come." Like the story wasn't the same, right? Yeah. Like, every other Star Wars is, "I'm going to come into my powers. I'm going to seek out a master. I'm going to learn something, and then I'm going to kick some big bad's ass." Yeah. And then in this one, it's just, "I have to go do a thing, and I have to do this thing, not because I wanted to, but because there's no one else to really do it." Yeah. Um. And I thought that was that was really good. Also, again, though, they build up these relationships with these characters and make you feel for all of them. Like, the whole scene on the beach where, um, like, the, the Force-sensitive guy is, like, walking through the lines of fire and, like, not getting hit. And you're like, oh, yeah. my gosh. Uh, and his buddy, like, sees him get shot and he goes down and they're all mad and angry and all fighting. And, like, I don't know. Like, I just feel like all the characters in this were built up to the point where they weren't, like, two-dimensional and flat. And they like yeah they were tropey right yeah like they were, you had the buddy warrior well, group 
And, and that's for me what I think they they played to what everyone knew. Like that you're not trying to go for complex, multifaceted characters. You're trying to go for understandable characters with defined motivation. Yeah, this is why I'm here doing this thing. Um, and they did it really well. They made a really enjoyable movie. Mm-hmm. They the CG in it is fantastic, phenomenal. The Death Star, uh, the Star Destroyers, not the Death Star. Star well, Death Star too, but the Star Destroyers in this movie are the best looking Star Destroyers also of the, all time. Also, the use of the unused footage from the Death Star trench run from the original Star Wars. Oh, in was this. that used? Yeah, I didn't even know that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, some of the the guys they used were were for those. Which I thought was was really good. Wow, that's really um, cool. A lot of cool stuff that they did for this. Yeah, I mean K two S O, I think was a really great uh, addition. The droid, um, like a different type of comedy droid, like not your C three PO comedy. You're now like adult oh. set like uh, not no, adult thinking... humor, but your no, satire. Adult... Yeah, he's more your sarcastic droid. The adult yeah. humor one you're thinking is um. Oh my gosh. The lady droid. Daniel Glover's... Dave, yes. Yeah. The lady much. droid from Solo. I can't remember her name for the life of me. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she becomes the Falcon. She is the, um, the humor. But yeah, no, that, that that to me was, I think, great. I mean, you gotta think, though, like R2-D2 and C-3PO, where their role was largely limited by the technology at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, you couldn't have had a K2SO in the 80s. I don't think. You could. But it would have been very robotic. Yeah. It, like it would have been like so like both r2d2 and c3po were guys in suits so like you couldn't like k2so part of what made him him i think was just the fact that he was like tall and lanky and super sarcastic mm-hmm. you probably i don't know if the character would have played off as well if he was like just normal human proportions he was well just, i mean even if you did uh, a puppet like a big puppet yeah, machine it wouldn't have looked as good i think he i think it could have been done it would just been very expensive to do yeah um and like again, when they can just also just put somebody in a gold suit, yeah, they're gonna put somebody in a gold suit. Yeah, but it's so, such a beautiful movie. It was nice seeing like the change. I, I thought even like K two S O's death was like, I feel Emotional. bad about the droid dying. You're like, yeah, is this what could have should have happened to Han? <laughs> Cries. I watched something the other day about like how they should have killed Han Solo off, and like how just like unceremoniously dumping him into a pit is a villain's death. I, f- I forget the guy's name. It, it did feel that way. But this movie definitely is the redemption, or so, even the redeeming quality of Star Wars as a whole. Like, this makes the entire Star Wars faults worth it for having this movie. Like, the entire movies are, I think, in my opinion, to have this movie in this universe, if for nothing else we got this beautiful masterpiece. Dude, even the pilot, whose name is completely and totally escaping me right now, mm. um had a better story than like rose yeah and finn's finn oh, finn had great potential for insane his potential just absolutely insane but they were just like, now you we're gonna like almost write you out of the second movie <laughs> yeah like you first of all his his motives when he's first introduced like you could have had such an, an emotional guy of why he was leaving and the trauma that he had of like killing everyone and having this really not sensitive but deeply sensitive but very stoic individual because of what he did of what he had to do because of what they forced him to do 
Yeah, they, I think they briefly mentioned that he. We're, we're going down this tangent because yeah. this is an important tangent. It's important. I believe they briefly mentioned that he was like kidnapped, right? Or like yeah. his parents sold him because they were like starving. Yeah, they like they like took him away. They forced him away from the parents, and he ended up as like a soldier. So it's just very interesting that like we don't touch on that, and I feel like going down that road of almost him having an Anakin moment of Episode Two, like going back to his planet, like. He needs to have his motivations to, like, maybe he wants to go find his family afterwards. Like, why would he just go and join the Rebellion? He just left the Empire. Why does he want to join another militarized Yeah, like, like he just felt like he was used all this time. Like, why yeah. doesn't he think he'd be used? Or why didn't, like, play up the fact that he, maybe he feels like he's being used by the Rebellion? I mean, again, they pretty much wrote him out of the second movie. Yeah. So, um, but, like, they introduce his character. Like, the, the beginning was the bombing run... At the beginning of episode, uh, episode eight. It was the beginning of episode eight. Yeah. That to me, I thought they were going to. You sure it wasn't seven? That's when they introduced Rose. Yeah, when they introduced Rose, but not Finn. No, no, the bombing run. Bombing oh, run was Rose's. Oh, Rose, Rose didn't come into play until the second movie. Yeah, Rose wasn't a character in episode seven. Oh, so the only movie she's in is, she's introduced in the casino movie. Yes. Oh, that is why I don't like that character at all. I thought she was in the first movie, too. No, no, no. She wasn't in the first movie. Oh, my gosh. The second movie yeah. is so terrible. Anyway, like, the bombing run from the second movie feels almost Rogue one because it was, like, fighting actual soldiers, dying, doing soldiery things. Uh, Rose's sister is, like, Sacrifice. sacrificing herself to take out the Dreadnought or whatever it was called. I think it was a Dreadnought. Yeah. Uh, to, like, save everybody else. Like, like, I was like, all right, all right. I'm... I'm I'm sold. Like, I was so ready for that movie. Because I'm like, mm. oh, they, Rogue One did really well. And they're like, we're steering hard into this kid. And I'm like, this is going to be great. And then it wasn't. It was terrible. But, like, Finn's character, like, they introduce him in the first movie. And, like, they mark his stormtrooper so we can kind of follow him through that whole scene with the blood of his friend. Like, yes. he goes over to his friend who is shot. And his friend's bloody hand reaches down the stormtrooper. Which, the first time I think we've seen a stormtrooper bleed. Yeah, well, the first time I think heavy blood is used in Star Wars at all because no. most of it's just burned away by lightsabers. When the when the guy gets his arm cut off in, in Tatooine. Oh yeah. And it just like camera pans over camera the pans severed away. limb. <laughs> oh, but yeah, the uh, like that that to me is like, oh, you're you're setting up like a really deep character. You set up a really powerful villain where like Ben, like he stops the bolt midair and then yeah. like I forget if he blasts it back or throws it away or whatever and like. Like, this is a character that you're going to, like, he's going to drive the plot. This is going to yeah. be our guy. Like, and then they kind of just make him second tier to Ray, which is fine, because Ray's character, even her introduction in the first movie wasn't too bad. And then, like, the movies themselves just completely and totally went off the rails. Yeah, Seven was, like, a good start. It was okay. It was a good okay start. Not in, not in episode four, but probably worse than episode one. Yeah, but it wasn't like it was unredeemable. Yeah, and then you they, had places to jump from. And then they made it unredeemable, and then they doubled down. When they you, doubled when down you, hard. When you have to actively say, what about the Holdo maneuver, which is a fan-made term for what the person in Episode 7 did in your subsequent film, and then say why the thing you did in your last film shouldn't have worked in your last film, you've messed up. Yeah. I'm sorry, writers. It was an incredibly beautiful shot. Definitely. Oh, yeah. I mean, the CGI in these movies is phenomenal. You can't get around that. But it just, you know, yeah, painted yourselves into a box on that one. Yeah, the actors are great. The CGI is phenomenal. The, the story and 
the direction they decided to go with these movies was just awful like yeah. really awful like even if you wanted to make the movie for kids there are iron giant is a kids movie that relates well to adults like, even if you wanted movie. to make a star wars kids movie trilogy you can do it in a way that's enjoyable for everyone yeah i mean you just make a good movie yeah, like, just make a good movie. Read a good plot. Like I've on. gone and seen kids' movies. Like they're entertaining and good and wholesome, and like you can you can enjoy them. Whereas Rogue One, definitely not a kids' movie. No, but and the actor set the the support, especially for the main female lead, was just phenomenal. Especially juxtaposed, you know, as you were saying, to other female leads uh, <sighs> today. She is she's such a standout. Uh, her character well, because as a whole is just such a standout. They didn't. They didn't write her to be like what we we need a we need a girl here. We need just we're just gonna make it. It's like no, we just we just told a story. Here's the story. She's the daughter. Think the movie could have worked just as well if it was a son. Yeah. She was the daughter. Thought the like for a movie that there wasn't anything that I thought was ever distracting about the acting. There wasn't much. It it was an action movie at its heart. Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not gonna sell this as like I don't even know like I. I watch a lot of action movies. I'm not going to say it's like the next Godfather or something. Like, yeah, this is... ain't no Fast and Furious. Well, it ain't no Fast and Furious. I, that's, a, that's a positive. Dear God. Oh, if we ever review one of these, it will be not sober. Yeah, one and two are great. Okay, yeah, but they're say. not the rock bending. They're a not Hobbs and Shaw. Okay. Bicep. Mm, yes. I, just, I always laugh because those movies are completely grounded in reality in the beginning. And then they just flew off the rails the further like, and further. It's like they the went. power creep in video game patches, but it's applied <laughs> to a movie. All right, so we jumped off of a building last movie. This time we got to jump off of one building into another building. Heck yeah! And then we got to do it in Dubai. And now we will steal the moon. <laughs> exactly. It's just, it's just Vin Diesel fighting an army of minions. <laughs> <laughs> that movie would make so much money. All of the money. All of it. So much. I would uh, I would go to the theaters and watch it out of spite. Just pure spite. I would be thoroughly interested in how Gru would try and take down uh, Vin Diesel. How would he do it? Uh, I, I don't know. His head is very shiny. <laughs> <laughs> we get a bunch of mirrors and we reflect the sun back at him. <laughs> Wow, I did not see that tangent coming. But anyway, so I think I think we pretty much wrapped it up. Again, there's nothing insanely special about this movie other than the fact that in a time where studios, I feel like, are just churning out whatever they can, specifically Disney. I think this this was before the merger, right? No, no this, this was after the this merger. was after the merger because so, the merger happened in 2012. Yeah, so this is this is like Disney's more than capable of turning out good stuff. They're more than capable of like greenlighting something that's like worth doing, um, and it just. They just have instead opted to, like, throw shows at us endlessly. Like, oh, you yeah. won to me. I stopped after three episodes. I just couldn't. It drove me nuts. Yeah, it was tough. Um, and like, something that I forgot uh, last minute mention, this was uh, also a pioneering movie for the face capture for Princess Leia. Yes. And for Admiral Tarkin. Not, it wasn't, like, great. Grandma Tarkin. Uh, he Grandma was an Tarkin. admiral this time. Yeah. Which like, wasn't great, but still, it was good. Like, it wasn't awful in, in my opinion it really kind of like pushed boundaries uh which is something i think every sci-fi movie at its heart should be doing is pushing those like creative boundaries taking those next creative steps to figure out you know what works what doesn't uh which is something i thoroughly appreciate about the movie 
Also, the final beach scene is as close as we're going to get to saving Private Ryan in the Star Wars universe. Which, again, it's the war part of Star Wars. The Battle <clears> of Scarif. You are my brother, Anakin. I loved you. What? Oh. Is that Le- yeah, Private- leaves him burning on the beach. He's almost dead. Not saving Private Ryan enough for you? No, because... Because, because uh, oh my gosh, what's his name? I don't remember his name. Captain Sully, Woody, what's his name? What's his name? What? What's the actor's name? Whose name? Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks? Because Tom Hanks doesn't shoot Matt Damon. Oh, That's okay. why You Were My Brother doesn't correlate to me. That's not Fine. Saving Private Ryan. So the opening scene of Saving Private Ryan is just, they're storming D-Day, and it's just a mess. Scarif was just a mess. It was just a bunch of rebels running around on a beach, Fine. Fine. getting blown up. Okay. Also, okay. the AT-AT reveals were amazing. As mm. a fan of the giant mechs, they brought them to life. I think I think that's the first CG rendering of the AT-ATs we got, right? Yeah. 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 So like they 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 brought them into this is how actually terrifying they are when they're when you don't see them and then they step on a bunch of trees and they're there and you're just like oh oh god there's a walking gun platform teleports me <laughs> time they to tele- leave they teleported. Beam me up, Scotty. Uh, wrong franchise. Shoot. We're done. Anyway, yeah, I think I think that's it. We I absolutely love this movie. Um, really and, good. Um, Do watch it. Yeah, make sure you watch it. Make sure you tell your friends about it. The Star Wars franchise is not all that bad nowadays. And uh, and yeah, until next time. Have a good one, guys.